Hello and welcome to Bring Your Own Popcorn. Let us preach to your choir or stoke your ire as we spiral down memory lane with cult classics, jurassics, and other genres that rhyme with traffic. What we lack in education, we make up for with comedy, compassion, and camaraderie. I'm your host, Mixtape Majesty, here today with a very special guest, podcaster, comedian, TikTok-a-tour, paranormal investigator, and future showrunner, Dash Kwiatkowski. Hello. Wait, let me you say. Got, you got you squeeze it in. I'll get what? Oh no, I'm just gonna say your name again without laughing during it. Dash Kwiatkowski. There, there it is. You squeeze, you squeeze showrunner in there. Talk yeah. to me about TikTok a tour because you mentioned it very briefly. Oh, it's just um, a word I made up before because I don't know. I just you you make really good TikToks and I wanted to mention something about that. But there's a lot of like pressure and when you say TikTok star, I don't know. There's pressure of like, sure. well, that I don't think I'm a, to- I, don't, I don't think I'm a TikTok star. I only got I don't I only got like four thousand nine hundred people on there or something. Well, that's the thing is like, isn't isn't anyone who is on TikTok technically a TikTok star? I don't know. You're like a star to your friends. But then, yeah, there's like this this idea that you have to have a certain number of followers to qualify or whatever. But so TikTok a tour. My friend Rosa has like 70,000 followers on there, but nice. they only they only like the like fashion stuff. Oh. And so she'll make like a funny TikTok that I really like <laughs> and I'll like it. And then like all of her fans are like, don't want that. <laughs> No, thank you. Talk to us about clothes. Yeah. So I feel like this this word works really well for that because it sort of sounds like like an engineer kind of because to be to get views on TikTok, you kind of have to. What's the word? Got to figure out the algo. Yeah. You have to like craft within the algorithm or adapt, I guess. Yeah. Because when I started, I was like, all right, TikTok every day doing it, keeping get that algorithm up. And now I'm like, okay. I'm not on TikTok mostly, but every now and then I'll think of a thing that I have to make. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Dash has some great content about there's a there's a great series they have about mascots. There's a super Thank baseball you. mascots. Uh, yeah, minor toys. league baseball mascots. I do some toy ones. <laughs> Most recently, I, I made a TikTok about bug juice, a, a brand <laughs> of a brand of drink. Yeah. And I posted it on Twitter and I tagged what I thought was the real bug juice company oh, no. was not. No, but and I know that it's not because the real bug juice Twitter jumped in to be like, this is not our real <laughs> one. This is not. And I didn't I didn't get tagged. So I don't know how they did this, but they yeah. jumped in to be like, hey, you tagged the fake bug juice. We're the real bug juice. And I was like, what's up, bug juice? Do you want to sponsor my TikToks about bug juice? And they sent me a DM with an email address and a phone number. Ooh. So I can call bug juice. Right. I'm not going to oh, call bug, bug juice. juice. I'm going to. I'm going to email them. Can I just say I would love to make branded brand sponsored bug <laughs> juice content? Are you kidding me? That's all I want now. It's such a good name and bottle design. And it's also yeah. weird because I when I saw your TikTok, I had just bought windshield fluid. And it Target. looks like bug juice. It, I, I feel like it says bug juice on it. And it's like a green shade. Also, <laughs> it's like bug juice remover. Okay. Or something. Our, oh, so that's the remover for when you get the other bug juice. <laughs> yeah. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. But we're not here to talk about bug juice. No, we're here to talk about movies and your relationship with them. Yes. Starting with what was the first movie that you remember seeing in theaters? I don't remember the name of it. There was a whole era and they don't really do this anymore, but there was a whole era of like terrible parody films. 
you remember like the like epic movie and oh yeah all of that there was one that was like a mafia parody movie it had parody stuff from godfather but they threw in some jurassic park (laughs) and it was terrible it was a tear it was not a good movie but the like my best friend at the time his family was like we're gonna go see this movie it's gonna be so funny we're gonna go see it and i went to see it and it was so bad and even like i'm like I'm so small at this time. I'm so like I was a small child. And even then I was like, this sucks. This is not (laughs) these jokes are stupid. This movie is bad. This sucks. And and I was just like, I was like, okay, I'll never trust the film and TV taste of these people ever, ever again. (laughs) Oh, because they liked it. They loved it. They're like, this is going to be so funny. And then they saw it and they're like, this is so funny. Damn. They love they love that stuff. And it was to, because of that, they kept talking about it. They're like, oh, you got to see the show. Whose line is it anyway? And for the longest time, I was like, I'm never going to watch that show. And then I watched it. I was like, oh, this is actually fun. I do enjoy this. Was, whose line is great. I, mm-hmm. I loved whose line when I was younger. Um, but I put off watching it for so long because they recommended it. They're like, <laughs> oh, this show is great. And I was like, fool me once. You can't. <laughs> You can't get me a second time. Yeah. Was it J- wait Jane Austen's Mafia with Jay Moore and Lloyd Bridges in his final role? I don't... Mafia 1998. Oh, it was. Yeah, that is the one. It was Mafia. It's got a 5.5 out of 10 on IMDb. It was not very good. I remember one specific scene where they do the, the old guy puts the lemon in his mouth to scare the kid and it scares the kid from Godfather. Mm-hmm. They do a parody of that, but he puts a watermelon in his mouth and he gets a big smile. <laughs> And then he gets killed by velociraptors. And the, it is implied that the little kid orchestrated it somehow. Wait, that's hilarious. Have you revisited this? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not not as an adult. I haven't I haven't come back as as an adult. Maybe I'll look back and be like, I was a fool as a child. <laughs> so that's the very first theater experience you remember, which was that's kind the, of a... that's like the earliest one that I can remember. I'm sure I'm sure I had been to movies before then. Yeah, yeah. That was at Century Hilltop. And it was like a strip mall, like mall area, because that was my theater when I was a kid and I lived in the Bay Area. Uh, that is also the theater that I went to see the movie uh, that we we're going to talk about a little bit later. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Cool. So your so your first theater experience, what stood out was that uh, you were betrayed by your best friend and their family. <laughs> I was betrayed by my best friend's family and led to a, a deeply unfunny <laughs> film. <laughs> that i just remember sitting through and hating the whole way through and then we got out and they were like laughing and like quoting it and i was like "Mm, mm -mm." that's that's such that's always such an awkward position to be in because you don't (laughs) want to like if they're happy you don't well i I mean when you're a child maybe you don't know anybody i don't i don't know if i had that social grace when i was stupid (laughs) yeah that was was stupid (laughs) (laughs) well what was the first movie that you remember seeing in theaters without any Parents or best friends, families or supervising adults. I do think, and this is very silly, but I do think that it might have been 300. Oh. Because I was like, I would, I would go to movies with my family most of the time. Mm. But then when I was like, I think I had to be like 16 or 17. I remember because I was playing in a band and one of the kids in the band oh nope that's that wasn't 300 it was a different god all of mine are answers like this it was one of those bad parody (laughs) movies i remember i remember because i was in junior college and i was 14 years old and there was a person i asked this person out on a date and the person was like yeah let's go to a movie let's go see epic movie oh no 
And so I went to see Epic Movie, and the whole time I was just like, this sucks. This is the worst. This is terrible. I'm upset now, actually, that both of the movies that are the answers to my questions (laughs) are bad parody film. Listener, I need you to know, this is not what I'm about. I'm not, this is not like, the both of these were times that I was dragged to these by other people. Well, I, I mean, what it's showing is that you are capable of having friendships with people who have different tastes than you. Or maybe you dumped them after that. <laughs> we, it was there was it was not it was like one date and then we, i think we were both like mm-mm. no they loved it they, they loved did. the epic movie <laughs> they thought it was so funny and i was just like i gotta rethink stuff yeah <laughs> so when i dated in my early 20s one of our first dates we went to see the hangover 2 and i had okay. never i didn't know anything about the hangover and i'd never seen it sure. but yeah. he and his friends were like oh yeah it's one of our favorite the Hangover is one of our favorite movies. It's so funny. You're going to love the sequel. And I was like seriously considering breaking up with him <laughs> during yeah. the movie. And after I was like, is it worth it? Yeah. But I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember a time seeing movie in theaters without supervising adults where where you had a good time? That I had a good time. I yeah. So the the next one that I remember, the one that I was I thought was the like before the three hundred. I had a great time. I was a teenager, and three hundred is a stupid action movie, and I was like, this rules. I remember that one specifically because I was either sixteen or seventeen, and I was playing in a band, and we had a drummer who was fourteen. So the bass player was like nineteen or twenty. So we were like the the older people in the band. We were looking for a drummer, and this other musician I knew was like, I know this drummer, and I was like, yeah, okay. And the person was like, he's 14. And I was like, I don't know, man, that's a that's a child. That is a little <laughs> child. Mm-hmm. And he was like, just just sit down and play with him once. I was like, all right. And we sat down and he was so good at the drums. <laughs> OK, cool. Yeah, we'll have a we'll have a baby drummer. Aww. We'll have a baby drummer in our band. And he was so good at the drums. And I remember we were doing band practice and he was like, he was like, oh, hey, uh, after band practice, do you want to go see a movie? And I was like, oh, yeah, OK, man, like we can go see a movie. And he's like, great. Remember to bring your driver's license. And I was like, <laughs> Maddie, is this the kind of movie where you need to be accompanied by someone who is older than a certain age? And he was like, yeah, <laughs> I was like. All right, man, I'll take you to see 300. <laughs> and so I took him to see 300 and I had a great time. Uh, again, I don't think Zack Snyder is a good or talented filmmaker as an adult now looking at his movies. But mm-hmm. as a stupid teenager, I was like, this is great. This is, this is great, mm. you know, because it was an action movie and I liked them. I had a good time being the chauffeur <laughs> to my baby drummer. <laughs> yeah, so, so your first time without any supervising adults was where you I were was the, the supervising adult. Yeah, Wait, right. that doesn't that's wrong though, because it's not the it's not the first movie you saw without supervising adults, because one was there. It was you. <laughs> ah, that's true. Fuck. Hmm. Okay. I'm trying to I'm trying to think then. But I was like, I was like 17, so I was not an adult. I think you just oh, had to be you, didn't have to you be had 18. to be older than 16, or you had to be with someone older than six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm pretty okay. sure. Okay, I'll I accept think. it. Okay. <laughs> Other than our the feature film that we're discussing, mm-hmm. tell me another one of your favorite movies of all time and why. The original one that I wanted to talk to you about on this podcast, and then we changed it because of the news. But the original one was Evil Dead 2, which is my favorite film of all time. It's my favorite film of all time. I think that it is 
in terms of movie it's like a perfectly executed horror comedy i think that a lot of really good horror has comedic elements because i think it's a really good break from scary i think that there's sort of like obviously there's other ones like your saw or whatever that sort of steers away from or at least the first saw i think the second one kind of go a little slap a little slapdash with all the stuff but i if you're not going to do the like super serious super like you know, no one can smile through this movie genre of horror. I think that good horror features elements of comedy because laughter is a good way to break up like fear. And I think people already sort of laugh as a fear response. Sometimes I think a lot of us have that. And so Mm -hmm. I think horror and comedy are really intrinsically related. And I think evil dead two is a really good example of how to do comedy horror um, I love that they made it on a super low budget. I love like getting into the sweeping shots that look like they were done with like a um, a gimbal or just a, a camera mounted on a piece of plywood and just <laughs> two guys holding it running through the woods Hell yeah. to make it look sweeping. Just I love I love all of the like all of the low budget stuff that went into it. I think is really cool. I think Bruce Campbell's a great leading man. I like that it pivots very effortlessly from like slapstick vaudeville pratfall humor to like actual scary monster stuff. I like that transition. I just think I just think it's a great I just think it is a perfect example of that genre of horror comedy. Hell yeah. Yeah. And I personally am not a fan of horror movies where it's just like no smiling and it's like one note. Yeah, totally. It doesn't really make sense. It's it, yeah. the, there's no situation that takes place over multiple days in real life where just everything's always one note of any emotion. Totally. Even like, I don't know, I look at like Hereditary I just rewatched recently. And that's a great one where like even that is broken up by, you know, not there's no like laugh lines, but it's so awkward in so many moments that it's like there is humor in how uncomfortable some of the things are. And I think just having those moments of like that that break up like the tension are really, really important. Totally. It's it makes me think of eating food because do you know how yeah. there's that that saying where it's like you have a second stomach for dessert? Yes. It, did you know it's I don't like... have that, but I do know about it. <laughs> well, it is low key true. It's not it's not true okay. literally. Yeah. But it's true psychologically because your okay. palate actually does get exhausted by the same oh, flavor. So it's like, oh, why sense. can I eat a big savory dinner and and then I'm super full of the savory dinner, but I could still eat some sweet cupcake or ice cream. Yeah, it's just because you get exhausted of one thing and on an evolutionary basis, you wouldn't get all your nutrients if you just kept eating the same thing. And so your stomach's like, hey, add some add some other vitamins. I wonder if that's why I can eat Indian food until I need to lie down for a few hours because there's <laughs> because all the different, you know what I mean? There's so oh, many yeah. so much variety <laughs> of flavor across. Like if you're doing Indian food right, like all the dishes taste different. And and then I have to take a big nap. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like movies somehow. It's just like movies. <laughs> I had a I had a fiction professor a short fiction professor in college who explained that movies or narrative in general is absolutely comparable to food culturally. If you're thinking about like Western stories versus like the stories of he was from India and he was talking about Indian narrative and how Indian narrative functions that he was like, he was like Indian narrative. And it, which you, when you watch like a lot of Indian movies, it doesn't follow the sort of like rising action, rising action, climax, decline because that is a different that's just a different storytelling thing you can compare that to a to a meal right like appetizer small 
main course is like the climaxing and then the the sort of the chill out decline is like dessert but if you look at indian food he explained that like there's so many different flavors a little bit of everything and he said that's how narrative in india works too it's like ups and downs and ups and downs and lots of different like genres and narratives and lots of different little story elements go through and Mm. he was he was saying that like you can you can make that sort of draw those parallels between how sort of a a meal is structured and how a narrative is told and i thought that was very interesting i don't know very much about indian culture at all so i'm just quoting my my college professor from india yeah if that's wrong maybe it's wrong but (laughs) i mean he seems he seems to know what he was talking about it was his perception so i would would say that his perception can't be wrong it doesn't it's not necessarily everyone in india's perception totally. but, yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah i don't think i can go get through an episode lately without mentioning k-dramas so i would okay, say yeah i know like, that reminds thing. me yeah lately that reminds me of k-dramas also mm-hmm. the way that they're they're set up it's not i really like it a lot better than most american shows i've seen that it's yeah it really is like a lot of little meals like there's these little moments that you could like yeah pull out of the show and watch alone and and that's really interesting because that's Korean food too. I'm Korean. And so in Korean food, with every meal, you get what's called banchan. And banchan is a bunch of little dishes of little things with different flavors. And so you have like your one big like main meal thing, but surrounding it are tons of different things for like savory here, sweet here, sour here, like different things that can like refresh your palate and all that stuff. So I, I think that's another that's another food food to story peril. <laughs> totally. Damn. Now I want to like go dive down like a research rabbit hole and try to compare all <laughs> foods, like all cuisines to their movies. I think that'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. But I digress. Overall, okay. how would you describe your relationship with movies? Casual, hobbyist, passionate. Tell me about it. I think that I'm passionate about movies. I think that I'm passionate about movies. I, I really, I really love movies. I think it's not just movies. I think I really love narrative. I really love narrative. And I think the lifestyle that I lead, I think movies are some of the most easily sort of digestible narrative. It really depends on like how much free time and how much resources I have. Like when I when I could afford it, you know, I had a weekly comic book poll and at a comic book shop. And I would go every week and pick up my comic books because I love I love stories and I love sort of building stories. But I don't have it's mostly space. I don't have the space to put that many <laughs> fucking comic books in my house anymore. <laughs> so now I wait for the trades to come out. But I just I love narrative. Narrative is such like it's an important part of my life. You know, a lot of the things that I gravitate towards, a lot of the things that I spend my time with are storytelling, whether it is doing stand up or podcasting or writing things or sort of, you know, trying to make shows. It's all storytelling, ultimately, because narrative is really important to me. And I think that cinema is just like such a such a cool and unique method of storytelling, just in terms of how you frame something, how something is framed, how, you know, it's it is a really good combination of verbal and imagery and movement. I, I, I love movies. I would say I'm definitely passionate about movies. The change has been since I've gotten older where I don't watch the things that bore me anymore. Mm. It used to be something would be like, oh, you got to see this. You got to see this movie about a war. And I'm like, <laughs> is, is it in is it in space? And they're like, no. And I'm like, no, I don't I don't care about it then. Yeah. So or you know what I mean? Where it's like, mm-hmm. I don't movies about historical wars. Truly, I cannot be bothered. Mm-hmm. Movies about the mob, just super. And it's not because of that bad parody. Just in general, it's just not interesting to me. I love movies, but I don't feel the need to watch all of them. You know what I mean? Yes, I'm absolutely on the same page. And 
I think I've always been that way because people are always shocked to hear about how I will walk out of movies. Like even when I did pay for it, like, yeah, why, why would I, if I'm unhappy, if I'm sitting here unhappy, why would I stay? Yeah. (laughs) It's weird. I'll I'll sit through a bad movie if it's like funny, you know, if if it's like, if it's funny, bad, it's like, ah, dang, they were, they tried so hard in this one, huh? Because then you're having a good time. Like if you're laughing, like that's a good time. But if you're just, Yeah. yeah, if you're bored like no reason to sit go through do that something one. else yeah i was on a plane recently and i looked over and someone was watching the departed and I, the whole time i was just like this i cannot imagine caring about anything happening on this right now you know like i just truly can't I just it's all it's a bunch of guys that look exactly the same and some of them are cops and some of them are the mob and that's <laughs> oh, the no. movie and it's like great <laughs> cool man yeah good good movie i guess yeah. i just can't i can't be bothered <laughs> This is the space where the ads go. Welcome to the Phantom Dude Box. I'm Ty. And I'm Joe. And we're two musicians that dive into the world of music, its myths, conspiracies, and bizarre music history. We discuss things like, did Elvis fake his own death? Is Stevie Wonder really blind? Is Dolly Parton's husband actually real find out all that and more on apple podcasts spotify pandora or your favorite streaming service hey i'm dash and i'm rosa have you ever wanted to listen to a podcast where two ding-dongs sift through the piles of trash that is on the website facebook.com in their psychic advice section to find you gold for your ears oh god i don't know if we've ever ever did our podcast like (laughs) all right let's try it again listen to psychic friends wherever you find podcasts oh you're just going for the end no that was a joke i think we should restart hey i'm dash and i'm rosa and we host a podcast called psychic friends with a z it's not called with a z it's just spelled with it's spelled with it's spelled with a z hey i'm dash and i'm rosa why did you pause so long (laughs) because i (laughs) I burped in my mouth a little. <laughs> hey, I'm Dash. And I'm Rosa. And we host a show called Psychic Friends. And that's spelled with a Z at the end of it. And with a, Rosa, wouldn't you tell them what the show is? Yeah, every week we go on Psychic Advice Facebook, something you probably didn't even know existed, and go through and try to answer people's psychic advice questions. We do some of this with loving advice, some of this with hating advice, and there's a lot of laughs and weird segments along the way. Hating advice? <laughs> All right, well, yeah. Listen to Second Friends new episodes Thursdays at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, wherever podcasts are found. Stick the landing with a good joke, Rosa. <laughs> no. You can't make me tell a joke on command. <laughs> That's so bad. The feature film we are discussing today, chosen by Dash, is the first feature-length film for a franchise, which started with two Game Boy video games released in Japan in 1996 called Pocket Monsters Red and Green. A year later, in 1997, a Japanese animated television series was created called Pocket Monsters, 
both the games and the series were abbreviated to Pokemon in their American releases due to potential trademark infringement on Mattel's Monster in My Pocket, a now nearly forgotten line of trading cards, games, and toys. Only a year after the debut of the animated series, a feature-length film was released in 1998 in Japan and a year later in America in November 1999. In Japan, it was the second highest grossing domestic film of 1998, and in the U.S. box office, it debuted at number one, earning $10.1 million on its Wednesday opening day. The day was referred to as ushering in the poke flu, as allegedly many school-aged kids missed school that day to see the movie. It was the biggest animated film opening for any film in the history of Warner Brothers, and it was the only anime film to top the U.S. box office until 2021 with Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba, the movie Mugen Train. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing because it's such a long title. <laughs> Just yeah, so long. many words. The film we are discussing also held the record for being the animated feature with the highest opening weekend in November outside of the Thanksgiving holiday. The writer of the film, Takeshi Shudo, said that commercially, the movie fared better overall in the U.S. than it did in its home country of Japan. The movie we are talking about today is Pokemon, the first movie, Mewtwo Strikes Back. Another long time. Mewtwo Strikes Back in this one. I feel like there's too many there's too many colons, you know? Yeah. Pokemon, colon, the first movie, colon, Mewtwo Strikes Back. You yeah. probably could have just gone Mewtwo. But I also, I also understand you can't you you can't name the first movie Pokemon Mewtwo Strikes Back. I was so confused the first time I saw it. I was like, what did I miss? <laughs> yeah. It's confusing because of the precedent set by George Lucas mm-hmm. about when, when things are allowed to strike back in the order of films. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Lucas. Thanks, George. <laughs> this, yeah, okay. So I, first of all, can I just say, can yes. you imagine an alternate world where Mattel's Monster in My Pocket became the largest selling IP of all time instead of <laughs> <I know>. Pokemon? <laughs> yeah, I really wanted to hear what you had to say about that. Have you have you heard of it? Have you looked into it at I all? I hadn't. I hadn't. I didn't <laughs> even know about that until you just said it. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to figure it out because according to various peoples on the internet, yeah. in Japan, they are more likely to call it Pocket Monsters. Interesting. They, they do call it Pokemon also, but it was Pocket Monsters exclusively until America. I'm sure they call it Pokemon now because, yeah, because of like what the what the brand has evolved into. But they're sort of like interchangeable, whereas here, like I feel like people only say Pocket Monsters kind of sarcastically, or I'll say it because it's fun to say, not, not yeah. like to mock it, but... I feel like the mocking one people do more is Pokemon because people know it's Mm, not that people know it's not Pokemon people know it's Pokemon yeah I so this I saw it the same Century 16 and I saw it a couple of times and I'll tell you why (laughs) because they did a distribution that when you went to see Pokemon you would get an exclusive Pokemon trading card. Oh. You would get an exclusive Pokemon trading card. And then at some point, I realized I'm a child. I'm adorable. And I would just go up to the person and be like, can I have some extra Pokemon cards? And a lot of times, it's a teenager who does not care. And they're like, <laughs> all right. And they'll just hand you a stack of them. Nice. And I was like, all right, you only got to see the movie once. Because <laughs> you can just ask the person for a stack of them. And they will just hand you a stack of them. Um, and they did this for every Pokemon movie for a while. Damn. And then and then they stopped doing them here, but they started doing it in only in Japan. Mm. Luckily, I have friends in Japan. <laughs> so <laughs> in the last couple of years, I would be like, hey, do you have any plans to go see the Pokemon movie? And people would be like, <laughs> I, I guess. I was like, great. 
They're going to give you a serial code that you can put into a Pokemon game. I assume you don't play the Pokemon game. And they're like, yeah, I don't. I was like, amazing. <laughs> if you could send that to me, then I'll have it. Nice. I'm solved. Uh, so this movie holds up so good for me. I like, oh, I don't know the format. Do I like, do I just jump? <laughs> do I just jump into it? I'm supposed to talk about what happened, right? I'm yeah. talking about what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, great story. I think it is shocking in terms of understanding like what theatrical anime releases at that time were and like what the dub industry was and we can get mm-hmm. into that a little bit i'll talk about yeah. just the story let's say yeah, at ahead. the top let's clarify yeah. whether we're talking about the american release or the japanese release watch the american release as because that was the original version that i saw as it stands currently i do i would rather watch subtitles than dubs not for the like i think a lot of people say that in a very snooty way my rationale is that I've met a lot of voice actors and I love to not be surprised by the voices of people who are like weird to hang out with at a green room at a convention. So I'll watch the, the subs because then it's like, I don't know any of these people as I prefer it. <laughs> I, prefer, I prefer not to know any of these people. <laughs> Dubs are great. If it's an anime, I don't care about that much and I'm doing something else. And I'm just like, you know what I mean? Like I just have it on so I can just sort of keep up with it while I'm doing another thing. But in general, I'll, I'll pick this up. I'm actually rewatching Naruto because my partner had never seen it. And so now I'm watching it with the subtitles for the first time. Mm. Great experience. You, mm. you love to see it. Naruto, the Bart Simpson of Japan. <laughs> I Yeah, so for, for this one, I, I watched the American release, the English dub. Also, because you gotta, if you're watching a Pokemon thing, for me, if it's early enough, you gotta watch the English dub, even just to pay respect to Maddie Blaustein, one of the first very successful transgender voice actresses. She mm. was the voice of Meowth. Oh. Hmm? You're right. We do have a lot in common. The same height, the same air, the same scar. <laughs> Maybe if we started looking at what's the same instead of always looking at what's different, well, who knows? Yeah, very cool, iconic, but... So in the story, because I'm supposed to talk about the story, right? <laughs> yeah. And the, the, the most starts, important things that happen in this movie are yeah. the themes of it. It opens up with Mewtwo being born or created in a lab. And it's already like, as a person who watched the Pokemon anime as a child, and I didn't understand how TV schedules work. So just whenever I'd be like, all right, I'm going to turn the TV on to UPN 44, because that's the channel that Pokemon is on sometimes. <laughs> and I'll just be like, fingers crossed it's on right now. And it was sometimes. <laughs> Because uh, I was like, I didn't get it, but I was lucky occasionally. As a person who watched the show, like the movie gets dark immediately where it's like it's it opens up with like existential crisis Mewtwo. Who's like, why do I exist? Mm-hmm. Why was I made? Uh, he gets manipulated by Giovanni, who's doing a British accent for some reason. <laughs> Does not make sense for Giovanni <laughs> to have a British accent. But it's like it's almost like he didn't full commit, like he didn't want to full commit to a British accent. So it's just like a little bit like your powers are and it's like what do you okay come on let's cool it with this like make Mewtwo British that makes more sense than Giovanni being British yeah I love the original Mewtwo voice this is not a slam on that <laughs> but it opens up Mewtwo existential strike like lashes out at the scientists who made him ends up getting manipulated by Giovanni figures out that you can't trust people because they just want to use Pokemon. And so he organizes this secret tournament 
of Pokemon masters. And he's like, he's like, I'm the greatest Pokemon master. And he invites Pokemon masters from all over to battle him. And what these Pokemon masters from all over don't know is that secretly he's collecting and cloning their Pokemon because he's a clone. He's, but for some reason he's the only clone that is a different thing from the original because it doesn't do like Charizard 2 or Venusaur 2 or Blasto is just they just get cool spots. And I will say as a kid who played the Pokemon games from blue version on, I was so upset that I couldn't get a Blastoise with the cool spots mm, like the clone yeah. that Mewtwo makes. Yeah. And also the person, the Blastoise trainer in that movie. Her Blastoise is named Shell Shocker, and that's too many characters. You can't in red or blue version. Oh, name you could your... do Shell Shocker <laughs> with an E or Shell Shocker just K R. <laughs> like you can't, you can't write out Shell Shocker. <laughs> and I was also really upset about that because I was like, why does this trainer get to name her Blastoise Shell Shocker? Yeah, and I can't name my Blastoise Shell Shocker. Very upsetting. <laughs> but Mewtwo makes powerful clones of all the Pokemon and. Ultimately, Mew shows up to sort of help fight on the side of the non-cloned Pokemon. And then they do this great moment where everyone's like, wow, fighting is bad. (laughs) And it's like, that's crazy because that's the whole premise of this entire (laughs) franchise. (laughs) And there's like a lot of like, wow, I see now that fighting. And I think they tried to they tried to like couch it in a different term where someone's like, you can't make Pokemon fight like this like this, and it's yeah. the like this is like that like this doing a lot of heavy lifting right now because <laughs> making them fight is kind of the whole is the whole premise of the of the game series and, and tv show and everything yeah they moved on that as the show went on to be like oh no they love it that's their whole thing and some of them <laughs> don't and they don't fight it's only the ones that like it and it's like oh yeah all right i can't okay it, it's the more they made it into sports, the more they made it into like, this is sports and not like animal fighting, the better it became, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's so interesting that you say. So I've never seen an episode of the show. Yeah. And that's really interesting that you say that the show expanded on that theme because mm-hmm. that theme was only in the English dub. The Japanese version of the movie interesting. does not have the stop fighting message. And the finale is extremely funny because I watched both yesterday, the English and then the Japanese one. Okay. And the finale. So at the end in the English version, everyone's like fighting is bad. And they have this moment. And then Mewtwo is like, I see now that, you know, this is this is wrong and we need to live in peace or something something along those lines. He says a great line about it. It's not it's not the circumstances of your birth, but what you do with your life. That's like, yes, great. Iconic line. Yeah. Yeah. It's very like philosophical, you know, inspiring. What is it in the Japanese dub? He says he basically, if I remember correctly, Ash becomes unfrozen. Yeah. And he says, I think it would be best if everyone forgot this happened. No explanation. But does he like, does he, he doesn't express any sort of regret? No. That's um, great. He says, I think it'd be best if everyone just forgot this. And then the like memory fading stuff goes out. And then he says, we are going to go live somewhere else in the world. And like that, there's no message that I could discern. That's incredible. Yeah. Just like, it's not about, it's not about Mewtwo realizing the error of its ways. It's about Mewtwo being embarrassed that he killed a child. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what it That's feels like. so <laughs> That's so funny. That's great. I yeah. gotta, I gotta watch, I gotta watch the sub now. Yeah. So yeah, was that? Sorry if I interrupted your. No, that's so funny. I because I, I was thinking. Okay, so this is like this is what I was thinking about. Oh, 
mention real quick, the reason I wanted to do this one is because they're retiring Ash Ketchum as a character. Right. This was announced over the weekend. Ash Ketchum is he's done after this next series, which I will say, if you've never watched an episode of the series, a great place to start is Pokemon Journeys, the the most recent series. Mm. Really spectacular. I think Sun and Moon is, in terms of visual art, the best that they've done because it's really stylized and it looks really non-standard for an anime. But Pokemon Journeys is narratively some of the, some of the best anime they've ever done as Pokemon, which is very cool, very very exciting. But the new one going to start in the new region from the games that just came out, and it's got two new protagonists. And I was like, this feels very momentous. I will say the voice actress who's been Ash for the last seventeen years is just a real delightful person, just a very sweet. Like I met her at an after party for one of the Pokemon movies. And I didn't know who she was. She was just like this nice person in a Pokemon dress. And she was just like, oh, did you enjoy it? And I was like, yeah, my friend's in it. And and I had a good time and whatever. It was really fun. And I was like, did you enjoy it? She's like, oh, yeah, I'm actually one of the actors. Oh, cool. Who do you voice? (laughs) She's like, I've asked ketchup. And I was like, shut the fuck up. That's so cool. And she was, yeah, she's just like really cool. And there have been some like really shitty harassment campaigns led against her by people who are like, oh, we want the original Ash and all that stuff. But like, He's great, really sweet, and just like a really good, really good voice actor. I'm hoping that she stays on the show in some like capacity and like voices different characters and stuff. I imagine she will just because like everyone there seems to like her a lot. But it's like a really, it just felt like a really momentous, like, wow, this is the, the end of Ash Ketchum in the series. No more Ash, no more Pikachu, which is crazy. So I was like, all right, we gotta, we gotta talk about, gotta talk about Pokemon movie for the podcast. <laughs> yeah. What I was gonna say is I think. That difference between the American release and the Japanese release is really interesting because one of the things that I think made Pokemon so iconic and so sort of like long lasting is that I feel like a ton of effort went into making this like a narrative that an adult can sit through also. So like there's, you know, any any anime is going to have weird jokes where it's like, who is this for? So the one that stood out to me is <laughs> Brock says, like, I didn't think there were any more Vikings. And Ash says, yeah, they mostly live in Minnesota, a reference <laughs> to the Minnesota Vikings football team. A crate like not for any children. Who is it yeah. for? It's for the parents, whatever. Recently, I watched the Digimon movie and mm-hmm. I wasn't I wasn't a Digimon kid at all. I was like. You got to like Pokemon or Digimon as a kid. Now I'm like, I just like anime. I don't really care. Digimon's a lot of fun too. I've watched some of it as an adult, but I watched this movie, like the theatrical movie. And I don't know if you know anything about that. You should look into it because it's fascinating. It, It was not the case of let's take one movie and dub it. It was, we need to put out a Digimon movie. So let's take one like 15 minute OVA Let's take one Digimon movie and let's take a third Digimon movie and splice them together into one thing. <laughs> what so in the, the world? art the art style just shifts <laughs> at two different points throughout. The narrative is bananas. Like in the middle of the movie, there's like a climax finish, and then it moves on to a second thing to which there's another <laughs> climax finish later. Jesus. They have one character narrate it. And also like the dub is so much more all over the place in terms of like, there are jokes in there that very clearly have no visual cues and nothing in the animation. So it's like, oh, this is just a thing that the people dubbing this thought were funny and they shoehorned in that has nothing to do with anything that happened. (laughs) And I was, I was watching that. I was like, obviously I love it. It's fun. Digimon, whatever. But I'm like, if I were an adult in the nineties and a kid was like, take me to the Digimon movie. And I sat down and I don't know what anime is because I'm an adult in the 90s. I sit down and I watch it. I'll be like, this is 
this is nonsense. Like, what? what is this? Because it's three different movies, like Frankenstein together. And I think if you look at the sort of like the long lasting trajectory of Pokemon, and again, this is not a slam on Digimon. You know, we all love Corey Berenger and his love for Digimon. This is not no <laughs> Digimon slander in the house. Shout out. Shout out to Corey Berenger, guest on episode 51 of Bring Your Own Popcorn. And shameless plug for the Digipod Pokecast show a new rivalry or friendship with Corey Behringer and Milk Surface in a new talk show to compare Digimon and Pokemon every other Thursday 7 p.m. Pacific streaming only on stabtv.com or twitch.tv slash but in terms of the movie in terms of what is like a narrative with a beginning and a middle and an end and all the stuff. Like this is a movie that I think would be less boring to a parent watching than a lot of other like anime theatrical releases that were sort of just like slapdash thrown together. That I think contributes to how like insanely massive the Pokemon brand has become worldwide. Totally. I I told you that this was the first thing of Pokemon that I had ever seen in 1999. My friend Lauren and her mom took me to it and Lauren was really into Pokemon and I was like, I don't know what that is. (laughs) And in the the beginning when it's like Mewtwo Strikes Back, I was like, wait, you guys took me to a sequel? (laughs) It's a sequel name. (laughs) Yeah. And I remember I really liked it. Uh, I still didn't watch any more after that, but I liked the movie. But I do remember her mom, an adult in the 90s, saying that she also liked it. But she I remember I don't know why I remember this so clearly, because I, I just kept thinking about it forever to this day. Yeah. She said that it was too what did she say exactly? She said the like the frame rate was too fast. And she said that she thinks huh. that the speed with which things move in today's movies and shows is too fast and is like going to affect children. <laughs> and at the time, I was like, what does that mean? Is this yeah. affecting my brain? Like, am I seeing things too fast? <laughs> so I've, I've just always thought about that. Like, is this too fast? <laughs> I wonder if that had anything to do with the Porygon scare. Oh, mm -hmm. because that was major news. Maybe there was one episode of Pokemon that some of the flashing lights and it's actually if you look into it, it's like it is more questionable how much it actually caused anything happening or not. Mm-hmm. But there was this whole news story of like, oh, yeah, Pokemon gave kids seizures. A lot of kids weren't allowed to watch Pokemon. That episode got pulled entirely, and they've never put Porygon on the show since then. Like, Porygon has not appeared on the show because, like, he can't. This is one of the several times this has happened. There's a Pokemon named Whiskash who causes earthquakes. And that was an anime episode that came out like right around the time of a big earthquake in Japan. So they're like, oh. got to pull that. Yikes. And then moving to moving to the American side, there's basically anytime there's been a gun in the series that doesn't make it to the American side. So like there's an episode with the Squirtle Squad, one of my personal favorite episodes, obviously big Squirtle fan. But there's a part where they all pull guns and that part got cut <laughs> out of the American <laughs> dub. That is like, wild. We can't show these little turtles holding guns. Oh my God. There's not even like Japan doesn't even have very many guns like famously because they're one of their ministers just got assassinated with a gun and they're like, how did he Those... get a gun? Like, no one, yeah, has he guns. made it. He, he made, made that was it. the only was, way, yeah. The squirtles out here getting guns. The squirtles had a bunch of guns, and then the <laughs> funniest one that's got that got taken away because of gun reasons is there's a full episode where Team Rocket 
is there and they're in the safari zone and there's a bunch of parts with machine guns. And so they were like, we can't even salvage this. This whole episode is gone. But in that episode, Ash catches like 30 Taurus, the bull Pokemon. Hmm. But because that episode never came out, suddenly it skipped to the next episode and Ash just has 30 (laughs) Taurus. And so you're watching the show as a kid and you're like, what? (laughs) What? Why does he have 30 Taurus? Like, and it's like a it's like a joke. It's a running gag that Ash has a whole herd of Taurus. Yeah. But it's a joke. It's a punchline that never gets set up because they were not allowed to air that episode in America, which was is very be- funny. Was that before the movie? I think that I think that's before the movie. I'm pretty sure that's before because the movie. Because if so, I feel like there's a joke about that in the movie. Because there's a scene where Mewtwo helps yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I helps them catch. Like 30 Taurus. A bunch of Taurus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that is a reference to that. <laughs> nice. Another thing I thought was interesting, speaking of the, the shock episode, is that yeah. it affected the release of the movie because is it either it's Mewtwo or Mew. I'm not sure which one or both. They don't show up in the series until like episode 80 something or episode 60 something, which didn't air until after the movie came out, I believe. Yeah. Or around the same time. But it was supposed to air before. But because of the the shock episode, which was like 51 or 52, they went on a four month hiatus and then, you know, everything got all got all weird. Interesting. So Mewtwo Strikes Back might have made sense if (laughs) the episode had come out earlier. That's really funny. Yeah. That's very, it's still a bad name for a a first movie, but it's (laughs) very funny. (laughs) Yeah. I think this was like, you know, Pokemon has become a really, a really huge thing in my life, which is goofy. I was explaining that to a friend of mine who is a parent and they were like, how are you doing? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I've been having like a lot of stress in my life, but the new Pokemon game is going to come out this week. And so I'm really excited to get lost in that. Mm-hmm. And they were baffled by that. They were just like, what? And I was like, yeah, the new Pokemon video game is coming out and I'm really excited about it. And they're like, but that's like that's the solution. I was like, it's not a solution. It's just like, I'm going to get play it and I'm not going to be stressed out anymore because I'm yeah. lost in the, I'm lost in the Paldea region with my Quaxley and I'm excited about. Yeah. You dopamine, know, but it, really, your brain releasing dopamine. That's a way to manage. And, stress. and just, and just, you know, it's, 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 it's nostalgia and it's, you know, Pokemon, the highest percentage of tattoos on my body are Pokemon tattoos <laughs> because it's something that's a really important franchise in my life. Yeah. And it's just characters that have, you know, I've, I've felt really connected to. So I think this first movie being good and fun and really capturing the spirit of a cartoon that I like to watch of a video game that I like to play, I think is, so, you know, really, really meaningful and sort of helped me down this road of like, oh, yeah, this is a thing. And like, I, you know, I, I play the I play the video game competitively now. I'm like right now my ranking is bad because I went on a bad losing streak. But I'm, you know, <laughs> in the last game, I was consistently in the top 500 players in the world, which I think is pretty good. because a lot of people play this game. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's just a thing that like when there are uh, in-person tournaments here for the video game. Like I'm going to try to get a group of friends together and go play in a Pokemon tournament. And like, you know, I, I think that this IP has been like a really, a really big part of my life for a long time. And I think a lot of that definitely goes along with that first movie, like having the impact that it did. I think also, cause like as a kid, I guess you don't really think of theatrical releases as being like a thing from like a TV show or video game that you like, you know? I feel like the cartoons are going to be like the big, like the Disney or the Pixar or whatever. Mm. That's a, that's a big thing, but that sort of like exists in its own space. And then other movies you go to are like, you know, movies that your parents wanted to see or whatever. So for there to be like, Oh, this is a, this is a Pokemon movie. Like my game boy game has this big, like, yeah, this is for me. This feels, <laughs> this mm. feels like it's for me more than mm. a lot of other stuff, you know? Mm. How would you say your 
experience of the movie changed from the very first time you saw it versus the most recent time that you saw it? The most recent time and every time I've seen it as an adult, I cry a lot more in it. Mm. I think because I'm more comfortable expressing myself through tears than I have been (laughs) in in a younger point. I think I got a lot more of the the weird, I don't understand who wrote this joke in here jokes. Like (laughs) a lot of times, you know, I understand that Meowth saying send in the clones is a response to the songs or a a reference to the song send in the clowns, Mm. a truly baffling thing to reference in the you know third (laughs) act of the Pokemon movie. So I think I, I think I understand I think I understand the humor a lot more. And also like as a person who has done some voice acting and is friends with voice actors, specifically with voice actors who work on Pokemon stuff, I think sort of understanding the process and what goes into it and like how a lot of times it's like here's one this one actor is probably voicing a bunch of the Pokemon and they're the the process that goes into the process that especially back then the process that goes into going into a voiceover booth and watching video watching the lip flaps and having to match that with whatever you're saying but it doesn't it doesn't exactly translate if you were to just do it normal because it's in japanese and the the pacing is going to be different and so all of the the dialogue that when i was a kid i'd be like oh yeah they talk so funny in anime it's like well no because they're pacing through <laughs> they're pacing to match a different language mm-hmm. and i think i don't know i think i have a lot more appreciation for everything that went into it i think i have a lot more appreciation for that dub like as an art form it's it's it goes from just being like a cool fun cartoon movie that i like with my favorite characters to like oh yeah no this is like this is a this is a full thing like this is a full created piece of work that uh you know a lot of a lot of people had a hand on and i I think i i think i appreciate it more as an adult nice i love that you've touched on this a bit already but how would you say that this movie has changed or affected your life you know i think that there's like a joke answer of like oh it taught me fighting was bad or whatever (laughs) And I don't think that's not that's not my real answer. That's I thought you funny. don't kill kids. Uh, Tommy, <laughs> don't kill a child. And if you do, it erase everyone's forget. memory, fly off into space. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that I think that the Pokemon movie was one of the first pieces of media that felt like it was like just like for for me. And I mentioned that a, a little bit ago, but I think that's I think that's a really meaningful thing, you know as an Asian kid in this country, you know, a lot of anime characters are drawn obviously to look like Asian people. And I think that as a dork who like cartoons and video games, I think this is one of the first, like, Oh, this is like, this is explicitly, this is the thing for me. And I think that's really meaningful. I think that there's, you know, still sort of joke answer. That's not exactly a joke because it's true about team rocket being like a great, just a really good gay icon character for like the gender interesting kids who would grow up (laughs) to be gay and trans and stuff like (laughs) I am. And like we all love Team Rocket more than any of the other characters. Be and obviously, and like not even not even thinking about Maddie Blaustein being a trans voice actress, but just like Jesse and James being so like gender weird and cool <laughs> and lovable. And I think that that's like fun early, like not representation, obviously, but it's fun early stuff that gets you thinking as a kid. But re- realistically, I think just like the effect that it has had on my life has been cementing something that is a really, really important part of my life. And that's just sort of Pokemon in general. 
but also just being a, a, I think one of the first movies that as a kid, I was like, I really know this movie. I know this story. You know, I mentioned earlier that I love narrative and I love story. And I think part of the reason that I love narrative and story is like the early narratives and stories that were really meaningful to me. I think about this, I think about other cartoons. I like, I think about other comic books and stuff that I liked, but this one really stands out to me. I think in terms of early narrative that I really, really latched onto. And as a person who has built basically my whole life around the idea of narrative and loving narrative and creating narrative. I think that this absolutely had a huge influence in terms of just being like a good narrative that I could like really sink my teeth into as a kid. Beautiful. I love it. (laughs) Well, this has been a fantastic discussion about Pokemon and many other things. If folks would like to find more of you other than TikTok, well, including TikTok, where can they find you? Tell me about your upcoming projects. So on TikTok, I'm dash.liminal. On Twitter, I don't know if that one will still be around <laughs> True. When, this episode, when this episode comes out. Yeah. But it's at dash Kwiatkowski across most platforms. I'm on Instagram as at dash Kwiatkowski. I'm on Twitter as at dash Kwiatkowski. <laughs> Projects I have coming up. I do my podcast every week, Psychic Friends. Me and my friend Rosa co-host a Psychic Advice podcast where we go on the parts of Facebook for free psychic advice and we just kind of do our best to help people. I am working on I'm working on a pilot that is hopefully going to be viewable in the very near future. Had a lot of good progress on that recently. Those are the main spots. People can find me. I'm not really doing live performances right now because it doesn't feel safe to do it currently. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but I'm on social media and and ain't and, and ain't that all we got <laughs> currently. Yeah. Can you sample your psychic friends wares by this episode? I'm planning to release in either February or March 2023. Okay. Do you want to yes. give us a psychic prediction for something that will happen in those months? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. In 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 March. This is this is tricky because it's just sort of it's so it's so general. Yeah. I will say I'll I'll couch this in my favorite, <laughs> my favorite disclaimer that i've ever seen a psychic give is listen all of the stuff i'm saying is true (laughs) but sometimes i get sometimes i get downloads from alternate realities so if i say (laughs) so and i was i was like that's so fucking funny that's such a funny thing to say (laughs) which is like no all of this is gonna happen (laughs) but not necessarily in this one that's my favorite disclaimer i've ever seen a psychic do love it in march i think Here's can I tell you what I'm I'm struggling with is I feel like it's hard to I feel like the most accurate ones I could do would be such bummers, you know? And that's not even psychic <laughs> at the trajectory of the world. Yeah. Well, it doesn't have to be general, but it could be Okay, let's let's do one let's do one for you. Let me try okay. and think of something that's going to happen to you in March. Or either in March. March or by March. By March. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think that there are a number of like pipe dream things that you have sort of cooking. I think there are a number of things that you would like to do but haven't, and I think you're going to make good strides towards at least one of them. And I think you're going to put one of those things into, if not into full action, you're going to set it up to like to start or begin or sort of exist in a way that is more come to fruition. Subscribe to my Twitch for my story time hour coming soon. <laughs> hey, look it. <laughs> Yes, love it. 
Sweet. Well, this has been super fun chatting with you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being on. And oh, remember, everybody, bring your own popcorn. popcorn. shit but can never find the time to read nerd shit follow mixtape majesty on twitch and watch slash listen to riff raff reads a sunday evening stream from 5 to 7 p.m pacific standard time together we read the things you want to know but don't want to read alone We can't show these little turtles holding guns.